Okay. Now you're moving better too. I'm moving better too. Good. Yeah. What a wonderful world. All right. Let's, let's try this because I'm already freaking exhausted. <laughs> I hear you. I know. I was like, this is going to suck. <laughs> oh, so you want to do two to six, do you? <laughs> do you? Yeah. I was like, if we go like 10 to 15 minutes on each, it might not even take that long, depending on what like sidebar stories we have. But um, yeah. Do you think we can like, we could just make a conscious effort to whip through them, like, and just like read the results. And then um, I was talking to Mark about two through six and he was like, okay, well, here's some interesting stuff about each one. So I thought he, and he was like, you can share that, but it's never been told before. So oh, okay, uh, some interesting, yeah. Notes right. about how the shows are put together and what have you. Okay. Do you have, do you have it in front of you or? Um, it's in the form of text message and okay. I'll just like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to read it verbatim, but like, I've just kind of, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to wing it and be like, okay, f- interesting fact about this show is that. Nah, 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 nah. All right. Well, hold on. I'm going to see if I can. IWTV where, how did I ever live without you? So many of this mixtape takes up so much room. <laughs> uh, okay. So, okay, here we go. Fighting back two. Uh, All right. A yawn. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. You didn't. You didn't. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) All right. So let's let's start off with uh, fighting back two. Mm -hmm. So Friday, August 17th, 2012. Of course, Ottawa, Ontario. What do you got? Well, uh, you know, we we kind of have gone through the cards. Well, card plural singular. Oh, (laughs) we're screwed. Let's try that again. Okay. What have I got? What have I got? Um, well, I mean, fighting back one, we sort of reviewed the card and went through it. And then, you know, I was a part of that card and obviously had a few memories from being a part of the show. Uh, fighting back two rolled around and it was in August of 2012. And that was shortly after I actually stepped away. So I don't even think I attended the show. Um, uh, yeah, as I look through the card, nothing looks overly familiar. Um I mean, quickly, we won't go match by match, but we had the the fighting back invitational battle royal. And uh, in 2012, Matthew Saint-Jacques, uh, now of TDT, was the big winner of that. Um, what else? We had an interspecies uh, Quebec rules match. Uh, we'll have to get uh, someone next week to explain to us what a Quebec rules match is. But we had uh, one of our favorites, El Hijo del Bambú, and uh, he defeated Giant Tiger. Uh, kind of a cool little match here. Jay Lethal um, of ROH and Impact fame. Um, he worked Michael Von Payton and obviously uh, he was able to, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but he was able to defeat uh, MVP. So I'm sure that was a very good, technically solid match. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting singles match. You got Michael Elgin defeating Harry Smith. And, uh, you know, those are two pretty big dudes. So probably would have been a, a very solid, hard hitting physical match. And uh, interesting tag team match, um, considering where he is today. You had Bobby Lashley teaming up with Josh Alexander, defeating uh, Sebastian Suave and Tyson Dukes. And then uh, interesting to look at the main event of this card, which was actually uh, the main event of the previous, well, I shouldn't say main event, actually, I should say uh, semi-main of the previous year, which was uh, Player Uno defeating Mike Bailey and Stu Grayson in a, a rematch match. Uh, triple threat from fighting back one and Stu Grayson won fighting back one. Did he not? He did. Yeah. Okay. I'm seeing a pattern here. <laughs> I, right? don't, so, I, I don't know if the pattern will come to fruition, but we'll see. I know if uh, I don't think it does. But, I don't think uh, it does either. Yes. You were, you, were, I, I, you were talking about the fighting back battle Royal. Mm-hmm. I have in front of me a eight man tag match. Matthew St. Jacques, Shane Hawk, Jimmy Stone and Randy Berry. Versus Bucks Bellmer, Brent B, and the After Party, which of course was Cecil Nix and Chaz Lovely. So, was there was there like a fallout from the Battle Royal, or or was there a mistake here in front of me? No, I had that too. I just, uh, in all honesty, skipped oh, over okay, it. Oh, okay, just skipped to over it. Get through the cards uh, fairly quickly. We're gonna try and bang off fighting back two, three, four, five, and six all in about an hour. So, okay, um, fine. <laughs> I, I, in, in 
no offense to the competitors in the eight man tag, but I just thought I'd, I'd keep it fairly uh, high level and go through the card and then maybe skip a match or two, uh, focus on sort of the more interesting and unique matches where, you know, fighting back is, is you're not your, your standard C4 show. Right. So yeah. it's a bit of a, a mishmash of, uh, of talent. Right. So, um, you've got, you know, some, some obviously bigger names that you wouldn't typically see come in and do regular C4 shows. And then, um, you know, I, I don't think it's any, um, surprise or secret that, at the local level, um, a lot of us who've worked these shows, um, this is a show where we just say, hey, we want all of our pay to go to the charity. Um, so, you know, just keeping the undercard full of sort of local guys uh, keeps uh, the money flowing where it should. And that's to the uh, to the charity. So, uh, uh, you know, I don't think uh, Bobby Lashley is foregoing his payday for uh, the charity. But, uh, you know, obviously those of us who are, are local and obviously have had more uh, of a connection with Frank and the concept of fighting back. Uh, that's, that's something that's, I think been a, a longstanding rule of thumb uh, when you work fighting back is, is, you know, you give back to the charity too. Okay. All right. You said that you had some stories, you got any stories from fighting back too? Yeah. So uh, for each show, um, you know, I, I was talking to Mark, just kind of running through uh, the cards with him and, um, you know, saying, is there anything, you know, you specifically remember from these shows that kind of stands out all these years later or just any interesting little tidbits we could share with listeners. And um, so fighting back to, uh, you know, he, he had, most of his focus was on Lashley. And that was uh, really something that uh, was unexpected, uh, just kind of on a wing and a prayer. Um, Mark uh, decided on Facebook, he'd randomly message Bobby Lashley. Um, and then just see, you know, if he was available, um, at that point in his career, uh, Lashley was really focused on, um, his stuff that he was doing in MMA. So, you know, and Lashley is not typically a name that you'd see pop up on the independent circuit anywhere either. Right. So, um, you know, I think that was a pretty cool surprise for the, the fans to see a name like Lashley pop up, especially, um, you know, he was somebody who was a main event player in the WWE um, before he he moved on and started focusing on MMA. So um, still really, you know, cool to look back on this card and, and see a guy who now is, you know, on top of WWE once again, a, a decade later, um, that he was a part of a, a fighting back. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I think it's outside the spectrum that we're looking at here. Does Bobby Lashley come back and face Josh at another one? I don't think so. No. Um, okay. Well then no, I'm just no. daydreaming. I think, <laughs> I think Lashley was one and done with, uh, with fighting backs. I, I thought it. Lashley came back or came back to fighting back just before he re-signed with WWE, but I guess I'm totally wrong. I'm, I'm trying to, to put together his MMA, his TNA slash impact time and, it's it's all a blur to me right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, we could uh, we could turn the page here uh, and find out you're right in a few years here, and we'll see as we go through the cards. I honestly didn't look too far ahead to see, but uh, that's not something that immediately jumped out in my head. I, I remember him being a part of a fighting back, but I thought it was you know just one event. But we'll find out. It very well could have. What the hell do I know? <laughs> About the same as me, which today feels like nothing. Um, you know what I do want to say? Well, we'll do what a do you want to say? A little bit of cross promotion here. So um, the the fighting back invitational battle royal. So looking through the names there, um, Phil Plume is listed. So this was post Zach Sorum, and um, we'll we'll give a little plug to uh, your other podcast. It's time to fight, which featured a, a week of Zach Sorum uh, last week, and um, I haven't personally listened to all the episodes yet myself but the ones that i did listen to i enjoyed um you know zach's kind of a guy like me where he had his his reasons for stepping away and uh he kind of um was in the same boat where it was one of these things where you need to step away and just kind of um not keep one foot in the door and one out uh, one in and one out uh, it's cold turkey just need a break from the business and um not have you know be able to let go and 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 find your peace with it and then when you're ready, sort of to get yourself back into it. So it was kind of nice to hear his voice and his stories pop up again. And um, it's funny. So this is something that's actually never come up too. is, is uh, he mentions on your show, uh, if you he was referring to me, he may call me too. 
Um, and that's, that's, that's a kind of a funny story. So like, yeah, I was Ryan number two at the gym, uh, Ryan rush, obviously being the first, but what, uh, what no one ever asked was, and probably just because they didn't care and that's fine. But, uh, when I'd walk out to the ring, I did this hand pose and, uh, it was just a very simple thing like this, okay. like holding almost like holding up a peace sign. Okay. Um, but it's, it actually my... kind of looks like the scout symbol is yeah. Scouts honor. Uh, that is the scout symbol. Yeah. So I would just hold up that in the air very quickly. And that was just my silly shout out to battleground Academy before I wrestled, uh, was, was putting the number two up in the air as, as my, my nickname at the school. Okay. So fun little Tyler Logan Easter egg as we move on to other things. But um, yeah, I would encourage anyone who's listening to this to go back and, and listen to Zach Storm's interviews with you from last week. I thought he did a really good job. And uh, yeah, yeah. And, good, and good to hear from him. And as you mentioned uh, at Fighting Back 2, he was Phil Plume because he had dropped mm-hmm. to Zach Storm. And uh, yeah, the final interview or the final day that we did with Zach Storm, um, instead of Zach Storm, you know, I, it's, I said Phil Plume stops by today because I figured we would end his his uh, tenure on the podcast the same way that he ended his career. And that was under his real name. Yeah. And like you know, we'll, we'll move off the Phil Plume slash Zach Storm uh, boat here in a second. But, um, you know, the, like and thinking back to our, our time talking about UWA, too, um, and, and especially Battleground, like, yeah, so he wasn't a traditional um, Dave trainee. And it may be like, we, we often forget that he was there quite a bit too, and, and helping out new guys and myself included with that. So, um, yeah, it was certainly nice to have him around the gym. His memory is about as good as mine too. When it comes to nostalgia, it was, it may be, uh, kind of scratched my head when he said the only thing he could remember about uh, him and rush working, I think was Chris and maybe Sean McMillan was, was Chris being worried about injuring his ankle. It's like, how would you remember something so insignificant? I, I don't understand. But then I think about myself and yeah, my memory is no better. So, uh, anyway, um, but did you notice the moment I said, you know, the chicken story and he's like, Oh, you want to talk about the, ch- I know about the chicken. I feel like that story has been told so many times now it's, it's, it's taken a life not, of its own. It needs not be told again. And it's so old too. Uh, here we are in 2021, still talking about a bunch of uh, UWA Ottawa students getting heat for eating too much chicken. All right. So moving on, moving on to, to, uh, to uh, fighting back three. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like the format has changed here because now it says fighting back invitational first round. Yeah, I guess. Um, what did we not have a, a battle Royal this year? Um, it doesn't well, look I like say, we have 2013 yeah. doesn't look like we have a battle Royal. Yeah. Now I say this year, uh, maybe that was a, a Freudian slip because, um, anyone who's hoping to see a battle Royal this year will be disappointed. Unfortunately, uh, you know, in an effort just to keep a, a smaller locker room with the COVID protocols, uh, not able to load up a, a roster like, uh, in years past and, and throw, a, you know, uh, 10, 12, uh, 15 names into a, into a battle Royal. So uh, I kind of like Mark's approach for this year too, keeping the card a bit of a surprise, right? Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll get into that later, but uh, fighting back three. So yeah, I like seeing uh, a couple names here. Uh, well, a few, actually quite a few uh, names in the uh, invitational semi uh, final four way tag match. Yeah, Jay Rukin and Shane Hawk, um, Chaz Lovely, Sexy Eddie, Incredible Hunks. So yeah, two, uh, alumni from the cornerstone podcast now and dino and sexy eddie mm-hmm. and um jody demilo did you ever get to watch jody demilo wrestle i i got to see jody uh, quite a bit actually uh down down in this neck of the woods she worked for uh oh rough wrestling i believe uh, okay. a couple times with uh, magnificent championship wrestling uh so yeah i, I actually got to see jody uh, quite a few quite a bit good yeah no she uh i i got to watch her a bit at apw too and always loved her style eh? she was a real like physical heavy hitter uh go toe-to-toe with the guys no problem mm-hmm. now it looks like that there's kind of a mixture of the teams here was there like a drawing of some sort or you know i i don't know uh but you're right like the teams themselves are other than the hunks right uh yeah, yeah. a little bit bizarre uh look like maybe just some thrown together names but um, I, you know what I can, I can promise you, I will get a text message after this show 
uh, comes out from Mark explaining why these teams are put together the way he does. I always tell Mark every week, he, he gives me feedback on the show and I love it and uh, appreciate it. So uh, I always end up learning a bit. I don't think I've had any Mia culpas yet where I've, I've made a catastrophically large mistake that I've had to go on in the air and apologize for the following week. And that probably, uh, hopefully fingers crossed won't happen, but uh, yeah, we'll have to get to the bottom of these uh, seemingly odd tag teams. Although the second match here, so let's get to that. We got Bucks, Belmar, and Matthew St. Jacques, Cecil Nix with Bamboo, Gregory Iron, and Angie Sky. I'm not familiar with Angie Sky, Jeff Fury, Vanessa Craven. Um, you know, I would say, yeah, you got a little bit of an ISW theme with Nix and uh, Bamboo, a um, couple of Montreal guys in Belmar and St. Jacques. And, and considering Dubois, I don't think was uh, in the business yet, or maybe just not a part of C4 slash fighting back at, yet at this point in time. Bucks Belmar at this point, he would have been um new coming into the business um yeah these are pretty uh random tag teams but uh i guess what we'll we'll see a, a tag team match later on between the two winners right yeah, we oh, will. They all, well we kind of do yeah it's interesting i like mm. mark's booking here is fascinating so these two tag <laughs> teams go on later on in the card to uh to compete against each other in a final four a final four-way match interesting yeah. okay what else well, do you see on this card that you well, like? I'm going on to the next one, the Interspecies Wrestling Undisputed King of Crazy, and a name that I don't talk about near enough, and I don't hear it enough, is Pinky Sanchez. He's I've, I've loved Pinky. Every time I've seen him, he came down this way a couple times, and uh, I, I loved him, and unfortunately, and this is my fault, when I see his name, I oh, Pinky Sanchez, and I do that every single time. Every single time I see Pinky Sanchez, I'm like, oh, shit, Pinky Sanchez. Uh, he's a guy that uh, I should be searching out more. Uh, so him and Addy Starr, uh, I'd love to see it. <laughs> yeah, see, we, we go yeah. over these cards, and I'm just like, ah, IWTV. I got to go back and watch. Yeah, yeah, IWTV, I hardly knew thee. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. the And like these are the uh, the forgotten years in, in my wrestling uh, history. So uh 2012 13 14 i was definitely you know off doing my own thing and not really focused on the local scene at all so uh to go back and look at these cards it's like okay yeah i, I do want to see uh you know like especially that four-way um i'm always more you know I, guys like the bigger names they're cool to see on these cards right but for me it's like okay the intrigue of you know friends of mine working with other guys at the local level or in you know montreal toronto who i think are, are quite talented that's that's those are the appealing matches for me that i want to go back and see um so that that uh, final four way yeah this, uh, this, definitely we'll have to check that out this card and no disrespect to matt cross because matt cross was definitely uh carving a name for himself in this uh in this time frame but this card is a little more void of big name quote unquote um if, if you you know depending subjective what you consider a name matt cross is probably the biggest again name on this card i mean i'd probably say paul london oh i'm over, sorry over i went cross. a little further down i'm sorry and actually yeah. i because i was i looked at that match and i'm sure you can see what i what i'm what i'm thinking here for the second oh, yeah. year, for the second Bailey year gets in a row, his revenge, right? Well, in the second <laughs> year in a row, the player Uno, player Dose, and Mike Bailey are in the main event. But now we're throwing Paul London in. Uh, Paul London, uh, I got to, I got to meet him once. I got to work with him once, and just an amazing guy, so friendly. Um, just you start talking to him, and he's like, hey, how's it going? Like, what what do you do here? And like, how you long how long you been doing that? And just absolutely amazing guy and then uh the, the show i was on with him he ended up singing himself to the ring um i now i feel stupid now that i've seen paul london um well see the the funny thing is here we're talking about the absence of, of you know bigger names on this card and there was actually another name who was intended to be a part of the show um the main event was actually supposed to be paul london and brian kendrick against oh, okay. super smash brothers um but Kendrick, unfortunately, uh, things fell through with him. Um, he was actually supposed to be a part of Fighting Back 2. Um, and that fell through. So the intent was after that fell through, um, he was going to then be a part of the event next year, Fighting Back 3. So 
what ends up happening uh, is fighting back three rolls around and London and Kendrick are supposed to be on their flights to come to Ottawa. Right. And uh, Kendrick gets a hold of Mark and he says the flight information that Mark provided wasn't any good. So he's left the airport and he's gone home. And you know what Kendrick did? He kept his itinerary from the previous year instead of using the updated itinerary for 2013. So he was using looking at 2012's itinerary that, uh, you know, he was obviously booked and then it fell through, but he still kept that old uh, paperwork, I guess, with the show. So a bit of a foolish thing, right, on his part. Um, but it's obviously uh, too late for him to get to the show. So Mike Bailey to the rescue. And, uh, you know, kudos goes out to, to Paul London, who uh, knew the proper date and year of his booking. <laughs> but so uh, did, yeah. was, there, was there heat between Kendrick and Mark or... Oh, you know what? I, I imagine it leaves a little bit of a, a stain on the name of Brian Kendrick uh, when you know you you put that effort into booking somebody, and um, you you on your end you've done nothing wrong, and it's it's that talent who's made a mistake on their end. Uh, you know, uh, I guess you know mistakes happen, but it's also part of being a professional that you know you you organize yourself properly for your bookings, and obviously uh, he didn't. Um, a little bit strange, you know, that he ends up just leaving the airport and going home uh, rather than trying to, to contact Mark and fix things while at the airport. But, uh, you know, heat, uh, probably not. Uh, probably just, you know, a guy you would not book again after that. Um, and, you know, that maybe that's a, a story you, you tell your, your close personal uh, colleagues in the business and, um, you know, they make their own decisions from that point about whether Kendrick's a guy they want to put their trust and their money in. I mean, you know, uh, you're a promoter, uh, you've, you've promoted shows in the past. So, uh, you know, you hear a story like this, it, it, maybe it does make you think twice about booking a guy who, uh, is, you know, sort of irresponsible in terms of getting himself to the show. Right. For sure. All right. So are we going to move on to number four now? I suppose we could. Is there anything else on this show? I mean, I love seeing the Foo Fighters. Uh, the Foo, uh, Foo Fighters. <laughs> I do love the, the Foo, Foo Fighters. Fighters. I miss that one. Dave too. Grohl is a phenomenal professional Jesus wrestler. For the Christ. record, David, he can Dave do anything. Grohl, he can. Dave Grohl yeah. can do anything. Drum solo and then Death Valley Drivers. Exactly. Um, yeah. No, the Food Fighters. Our uh, friend Pasquale, the Italian chef, one of my favorites. Uh, he teamed up with Bastion Snow and defeated the Bad Boys. I'm sure you know. Brad and Chad Bad, now uh, on your national TV every Wednesday and Friday. Mm-hmm. I uh, I uh, okay. I got a, I got a confession. It took me two or three interspecies events to realize who the hell they were. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. just I I I don't know if I wasn't paying close enough attention. I don't know if what the problem my problem was. Because I would see them at one part of the show, and then I'd see it on the same fucking show, and I oh, oh I just dropped an f bomb. I'm sorry. That's um, right. And yeah, and it took me to I'm going to say two shows. On the second show, it's just like holy crap, that's 2.0. <laughs> they can do anything. They're yeah, super talented. They can. All right. Let's go to 2014, shall we? Yes, and I'm I'm laughing already because I'm looking at the main event and it's just I see a pattern. I really see a pattern. I haven't made my way down there yet, but okay. I'm I don't need to, do I? <laughs> I, don't I think know. I, I know exactly what three names I'll I'll probably uh, expect to see down there. But yeah. you know what? Rightfully so too. You know, uh, they're all three are are super talented individuals worthy of a main event spot. But then at the same time, um, especially in Stu and Uno's case, uh, Frank's two closest friends, right? So um, yeah, I think the, if there's going to be any show in Ottawa that those two are main eventing, it, it's probably should be this one. So uh, yeah. yeah, why not? Um, I, I, we have another uh, change of the format for the Fighting Back Invitational. It looks like we have a one, two, three, four, five, Oh, I lost count here. One, two, three, four, five, six, two, two six pack challenges now. Um, two six pack challenges, yeah. Semi semifinal six way match. So that leads me to believe what there's going to be a uh, 
a match down the card with yeah, the winners the, of in the semi-main these. fighting back yep, there final. we have it there we have it so two names we mentioned from uh fighting back number three uh matthew saint jacques and pinky sanchez mm-hmm. they're they're your semi-final winners so they go on and face each other later in the evening and i bet you saint jacques and sanchez probably put on a pretty darn good match if i had to lay some money down i could i, I would concur for sure uh, um there, there's there's a lot of uh there, there's certainly a chikara feel to this yes there definitely is there was a uh, chikara carload that came down for this show yeah. um yeah and i think if i'm not mistaken uh bryce ramsberg was also uh refereeing this show oh okay yeah i came down with the uh, chikara carload the and chikara then- guys were always a big uh part of the early c4 days and um there'd usually be a, a philadelphia carload and you know some of the nicest guys i ever met too a real passion for the business from those guys and um i think we've met, talked about the snow brawl event before where um you know it fell on a, a night where there was just an absolutely banana lands uh snowstorm in ottawa and you know guys who lived 45 minutes away were getting stuck on the highway or spinning out and um, um you know there's toronto cars that didn't make it montreal cars didn't make it but uh, God bless the the carload of Americans from Philadelphia, from Chikara, because they braved the weather and, and they made it to the show. And, you know, truthfully, without them, uh, if they hadn't made it, I, I don't know that the show could have gone on because the the bodies that were there, the card was already so thin as it is. And uh, Mark had to scramble to put together a, a tournament for the night. And that tournament only was able to occur because we had that Chikara carload. All right. So we're, we move on. Unless, unless there's something else, we'll move on to the main event. Uh, as I said, the, the three names, Player Uno, Player Dos, and Mike Bailey. But now, we're all on the same team. So I'm already curious what's going to happen in Fighting Back 5. So am I. <laughs> so yeah. am I. I... <laughs> Well, this would have been, uh, let's see, this was 2014. So I was going to say, is this one of the the earlier instances of the Smash Brothers, Uno and Grayson uh, working with the Bucks? But I don't believe so. I think that it was even a couple of years before that when when they met up uh, for the first time. And I I think it was in Ring of Honor. But yeah, um, you know, you you go back and you look at the importance of of forming good relationships in, in wrestling and and the bucks and uh the smash brothers or dark order as we would refer to them today um long-standing professional and personal relationship and then certainly uh you know it's certainly i'm not i'm trying to phrase this correctly because i don't want to insinuate that the only reason they're in aew is because of their relationship with the jacksons certainly not true um on on talent alone they deserve to be there but it just goes to show the importance of of developing good genuine connections with people right because you never know when those connections may pay a dividend later in your career the heck of a main event facing uh, as you said the bucks and bucks belmer so what was that the three bucks yeah i guess so eh? yeah Yeah. well bucks was uh by this time what 2014 so we first saw bucks belmar on uh 2012 fighting back you know and he was a name that was picking up a ton of steam and like he was getting you know main event spots in, in c4 and um in battle war in montreal and i think his career fell short due to injury um I don't remember the specifics, but he was someone who, you know, he had a lot of praise from people, a lot of uh, people thinking, you know, he was really going to break out. And then I remember hearing he had to leave the business and I think it was an injury. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I actually tried to uh, get him on to it's time to fight. And he was very polite about it. He, uh, I, it was just after he had made the decision to, to walk away. And he was very polite about it. And he just said, like, I, uh, he, he wasn't bitter. I can't remember the wording because I don't have the email in front of me. But it was, you know, I'm just, I, I'm taking a break from wrestling, like 100%. So I appreciate mm-hmm. the offer. But, uh, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he, he was saying that, uh, you know, it's just, or uh, I wish I could remember what the wording was. But it wasn't that he was. Yeah. Yeah, just it. it yeah, just I mean, everybody, everybody has their reasons, right? I can, I can distinctly remember like just being completely and totally shocked when. So there, there was a guy named Maxim Boyer. I don't know if you ever got to watch him wrestle, but um, 
only he on was, video. Only on video. Yeah. My God, he was so good. Like, so good. Um, and I remember watching him as I was training and thinking, like, man, like, I hope I'm, like, just a quarter as technically sound and good in the ring as this guy. He, like, he's, he's an animal. A lot of people, uh, you know, say what you will about the comparison, but a lot of people saw a lot of Benoit in him. Um, just with the intensity and the, the technical abilities. Um, and he had that ability just, just to get in the ring and like, you know, here's a guy who means business. He was so good. Um, and like, lo and behold, he just, he says, you know, I've, I'm, I've enjoyed wrestling, but uh, I'm going to leave the business. I'm going to start a family and then move on. Uh, and it always just, you know, good for him, right? Like good for him to be able to do that. But at the same time, it's like, you're so good. I, I, I'm shocked at this, but it, it happens. Some people like to glow it on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So shall we uh, move on to Fighting Back 5? I don't think I have any other uh, interesting little notes to share about uh, Fighting Back 4. Yeah. Let's or wait, am I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I, I'm like, am I on the right year here? Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, yeah. We're moving on. Like I said, five. people, I'm tired. Um, any Any new parents listening to the podcast will certainly be able to relate. All right, so Saturday, August 15th, 2015. Uh, looks like we're going back to the uh, mixed tag structure here for the Fighting Back Invitational. Uh, some, some interesting tag teams. Uh, Thomas Dubois and Alex Vega. There's, there's the team I'd like to see. Angie Sky and our friend Dino Benjamin. Uh, looking through here. Raheem Ali and Space Monkey. I, oh, I, <laughs> just thinking about that, I could see that being. Yeah. Uh, it's probably worth, a riot. Yeah, yeah worth the uh, worth the price of admission. Uh, Vanessa Vanessa Craven and Joey Janela. I can see that being interesting. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it's interesting to see uh, Janela's name starting to pop up as early as 2015, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, now I'm just I'm just taking. So we we've gone back to this format, and uh, again, like these these are the semifinals. We have the the finals as the uh, the semi main. And I'm just kind of scanning here. I can't remember what I was looking for, but I, I was hoping something would click my name. I'm just going to edit that. You, you were it. you were scrolling to go see what the main event was and to see uh, Mike Bailey's name along with Uno and uh, and. Dose. Well, I, I did that. <laughs> I, I called up uh, uh, I called up uh, Fighting Back Five, and that's the first place I went. And on the bottom line of what I see, I see Smash Brothers, and I'm like, oh dear. And then I'm like, Ultimo Dragon. I'm just like, oh yeah, I remember this year. Yeah. And then you've got uh, two guys who are now known as a, a different name for AEW, but Santana and Ortiz, mm-hmm. along with Pinky Sanchez. I, I can't uh, yeah, remember. So- I can't remember what EYFBO. I know uh, your, your fucking butt off. What, but what was the E? Oh boy. Um, Earn your, no. This is either an edit or where we say we'll have to look it up and, uh, and get back to you in a second. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. But so, I mean, yeah, you were saying what fighting back three uh, was maybe a little underwhelming in terms of, uh, of uh, star power or, our, you know, bigger names, but my God here, you've got, what you've got Ultimo Dragon, Santano, Ortiz, Roderick Strong, Two Cold Scorpio. Uh, no shortage of, of powerful uh, names that, you know, um, have been across marquees now for the last uh, five, 10 years. For sure. Not, and, you know, then you have popular local names who are starting to make, you know, more headway themselves and coming back. Uh, like by this point, I think Addie Starr was really starting to come into her own. Uh, Cecil was starting to come into his own. Yeah. And yeah, fair. yeah. And so, so you, you got, I'm not saying any of these cards haven't been solid, but you're starting to, it, it's kind of, you're, you're, uh, you're bearing the fruit of the years gone by, you know? And the, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Right. You're starting to see uh, maybe a few more, um, names that were were new names in what 2012 13 start to work their way up the card and be put in some prominent matches um addy and cecil i think they've probably wrestled each other a hundred times in intergender matches so um definitely very familiar with one another um 
So you're saying earlier, what does EYFBO stand for? It was yes. the word, the two words we forgot were entertain your. And no, then, I, I said you're fucking butt off. Oh, I thought you, you forgot what the EY stood for. No, just the E. Oh, just the E. Okay. Yeah. Well, there we well, have it. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, there we go. Um, but yeah, I mean, lots of, uh, gosh, like, I think it's fair to say that Fighting Back Five with all the names, probably uh, the biggest show uh, to date yet. And uh, especially just uh, Ultimo Dragon, right? Like that's that's a that's a big that that's uh, a bucket that, list. That's uh, absolutely. I, I remember when I saw that, like that is that is your opportunity to see someone that, you know, a lot of wrestling fans just to have to check off like that they saw them. Like that's yeah. Ultimo Dragon, and uh, you, you know, you put him in the same category as Jushin Thunder Liger, uh, just the guys that you have to see. Yeah, and that that took some work, and uh, you know, Mark said it was probably one of the more stressful names he's ever had to book, just because of the prominence associated with booking Ultimo Dragon, and you know, it's it's not just like you know, sending a guy an email and working out the business details and, and expecting to see him at the show. Right. Like there was, there was certain um, extensions, I would guess, you know, that you'd, you'd make to a talent like that. Right. So making sure you know, he, does he have a good hotel set up for him? Um, do you show him respect and appreciation by um, you know, having some gifts for him? Uh, all these other things, right. That you may need to, to think about as a sign of appreciation, as a sign of respect for taking the booking. Um, and uh, you know what? Uh, kudos to, to Mark too. Uh, he obviously did uh, a wonderful job uh, in booking um, Dragon and making sure that uh, Dragon enjoyed the experience that he had at fighting back and working for Mark. And uh, not only that, but uh, Ultimo actually gave uh, Mark his mask after the show, uh, which you know, in Japanese wrestling culture, that's a, a very huge sign of respect uh, and showing uh, a promoter uh, the, uh, you know, your appreciation for how you were treated. All right. I, I, that's amazing. I'm it sure, is. I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure that's something Mark cherishes. And... Oh, I, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, God, if you're going to have, you know, a small shelf in your house with some of the, the things uh, that mean the most to you, like a, a mask from Ultimo Dragon that he personally hands you uh, as a token of his appreci- appreciation. That's that's a that's a big deal, right? Like that's something you pat yourself on the back for. And that's that's something that if I had displayed, my wife would like because my wife's not a wrestling fan at all. But that's the thing that I I would come home and it wouldn't be where I had left it, and I'd be like, "Honey, <laughs> the one thing, yeah." It's yeah. like if there's one thing I'm gonna put up, it's this thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really special and, and really cool for Mark too. And you know, he's uh well, you know, it's it's no surprise to anyone who's ever worked from him. He always makes sure he's he's taking good care of people who work his shows. So um, but with a name like that, and you know, just uh, uh you you definitely go above and beyond to make sure uh his his time and his uh his contribution to the show is meaningful. And, and uh, you know, um, just to kind of back up, like Roderick mm-hmm. Strong and Matthew St. Jacques, see them, you know, just beating the snot out of each other. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Uh, that's a match I, I definitely would say go back and watch if you haven't seen it. Um, and, and another interesting C4 history tidbit, too, is um, when Mark watched Strong versus St. Jacques, uh, it was it was that match that um, Mark decided that MSJ would be the next C4 champion. Oh, wow. Um, and then backing up a little bit more to Cold Scorpio, Michael Von Payton, another one of those quote unquote names um, on on paper. I, I would kind of look at that and just kind of like, you know, it, 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 it could be a decent match, but I, I see it as like a really good match. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the, the term, but Michael or MVP, let's just say that. Um, would be a very good, I'm trying to think of the term, a, a very good Ontario veteran, the Two Cold Scorpio. Like, Two Cold Scorpio doesn't need help to look good, but MVP could make him look good, be, be a good, like, post, like, be someone that would take really good care of Two Cold Scorpio, and Two Cold Scorpio could trust and learn to, or know he can trust him, like, uh, immediately. 
yeah, I mean, I, I can't say with any certainty if Scorpio knew who MVP was ahead of no, that no, night, no, no. Right? He, like, felt, uh, he he might not have, but MVP has always carried himself and conducted himself that I could see Too Cold Scorpio trusting him, like maybe even back in the locker room, just like okay, I, I can trust this guy, uh, or like yeah, absolutely, like a minute Mike's- into the match. And no, you know, I would but, say even even before the match, like Mike's Mike's a professional. He's he's been in the game a long time, and he's he's got a good head on his shoulders too, uh, both you know professionally and personally. Uh, I, I'm sure Scorpio had no nerves or any hesitation about working a guy like Mike, even if he didn't know him. And yes, like to your point, um, Mike's a great opponent for a guy like Scorpio, right? Like you know, like you said, he's, he's he doesn't need help looking good, but Mike's so good that everything Scorpio does is going to look, you know, perfect. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah. Uh, and Scorpio, uh, you know, Mark's actually had him back in C4 a few times, but this was, uh, the first time. Um, but obviously Scorpio, uh, left a good impression on everybody to, to be invited back to a few shows after that. And can we just give Scorpio some props too? Like he is still wrestling today and, and putting on some really good matches too. And, you know, he's up there in age too, but man, still, uh, still a pleasure to watch. I think like one of, you know, you talk about history of wrestling, underrated names. He's got to be on like a top 10 list of most underrated wrestlers. Uh, I would say so. Um, he, he's one of those guys that I've, I've heard stories and, you know what? I hear it third person, fourth person. I believe nothing I hear and only half of what I see. But you hear stories of why he didn't, you know, go further or what what uh, what his drawbacks were. But I agree with you. Like he he's he's one of those guys that you you, you can't really understand or you can't. I don't know. I don't know. I, really see, I see what you're saying. Like, but you know, when we talk about being underrated, um, it's it's strictly looking at his his performance in the ring, right? How he conducts himself backstage, or the issues he may have had that have maybe uh, led to his career not you know skyrocketing as it could have, just based strictly on his in ring talent. Uh, who knows, right? But I mean, strictly just watching him in the ring, you think, man, like that's a guy who just does not get his his credit in in terms of. Um, you know, you talk about being like a high flying innovator at his size too, um, just ahead of his time, really. All right. So let's move on to number six. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Now I'm looking at this and I don't see the fighting back invitational moniker anywhere on this, on these matches. So I don't know if it was, if the, if it the Invitational wasn't held this year, or if it's just not. Well, we have a, a, a dark match, which was a 14 man uh, battle royal. So maybe we'll assume that was the Invitational. But yeah, in the, the traditional sense, I'm not seeing it this year like we have in years past. Although we do have a 10 way match here, unless that's the unless that's the battle royal. Yeah, who knows? Uh, okay. Hey, Viking. So there's a fun name to see. First there's time, a, I think. Well, I see a couple of fun names on here. Now, um, you you booked Viking, I believe, right? For uh, Vi- Vi- Viking was, uh, yeah, he was my champion. He he defeated uh, Warhead. I I absolutely, I loved Viking. Um, I will openly admit he didn't know or he forgot that he had won the championship. Um, it's when uh, Donnie... Uh, Dangerous and I co-promoted that show and he did the death match against Addy Star and Warhead and when he won the match I introduced him as the new champion and I went to hand him the belt and he literally looked at me just like oh yeah <laughs> he, he totally forgot that he uh, that I he guess won- he was just so into the match that he forgot there was even a championship on the yeah. line but yeah I, I could swear uh, someone told me that he just even returned to wrestling like a month ago or something like that. If I'm, unless I'm totally off my rocker here, but I, I not, not could, too long ago. He did. He not came too long back ago. To wrestling. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, he's come and gone a few times, but uh, you know, I, I haven't seen him wrestle in years, but uh, you know, he, I think what it was probably like, Hmm. If I had to guess probably 2000, 
five six in IWS when he kind of like he hit his peak of popularity and he had some real good matches with Kevin Steen and uh, if I'm not mistaken he even won the IWS world title I believe um, and I think he he had some good matches against PCO but yeah he was like he was like for for IWS uh, definitely white hot at 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 a point of time. Um, I, I want to say, yeah, probably oh five, oh six in that area. I, uh, I believe it was poor C four. One of the best matches I saw of Viking and Michael Elgin. Yeah, I would imagine that would be a pretty good one. Uh, both guys, pretty heavy hitters, right? Like to lay it in and be physical and, uh, have a, have a good fight and leave it all out there. So, uh, that would probably be a, a good one to go back and watch too. So, okay, I'm looking at this 10 man, and I like you said, the you said Viking. Hey, there's a fun name. This 10 person, uh, immediately I, I, I smiled because I see Shanane, someone that we don't talk about very often. Uh, Velvet Jones, there's a name that just like, oh yeah, Velvet Jones. I, I loved me some Velvet Jones. Um, Price is Right alumni D man is in here. Um, like yeah, th- that the, just the ten person made me smile. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you know we talked about it the first week, right? Like you go back and look at some of the names, it's like man, there's a a bit of a who's who, <laughs> or like you know some pretty uh, impressive names at the local level uh, on these cards, right? And some interesting matches that they're involved in as well. And uh, yeah, going back or sorry, going forward here, looking at uh, other matches on the card, and you know, one of your favorites, you mentioned Space Monkey. There he is again um dasher hatfield another one uh, yeah i don't think we've seen him uh appear on any previous cards but definitely you've got your contingency or your contingent of uh of um uh, chikara talent yep. yeah yeah so yeah another well-rounded card and uh, chavo guerrero so that's that's an interesting name to see pop up right and uh taking on mike bailey yep and uh you know we didn't see mike bailey last last year uh on fighting back five I'd like to know why he didn't make fighting back five. Cause now he's back on fighting back six and he's in the semi main um, with uh, Stu and Uno in the main. So maybe he was getting punished for not being there last year. <laughs> I knows? mean, that totally is a joke. I know nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure there's a completely legitimate reason, right? He may have had a previous uh, booking for that day. Who knows what could have been an injury situation. Um, never know. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, Bailey and Chavo Guerrero. So really interesting matchup, right? And, and one thing I, I took away from, you know, uh, exchanging some uh, thoughts with Mark on these shows is he mentioned like the the match uh, Bailey just like over delivered in, in Chavo's eyes, right? Like Chavo, Chavo had no idea who this kid was, right? Um, but uh, he gets in the ring with him and uh Mark was saying like in the locker room after uh, Chavo was just going on and on about Bailey and how good he was. And, uh, you know, at the time uh, Chavo was pretty involved with Lucha Underground and uh, for a guy like Bailey, like that, that style would have been perfect for him. Right. So Chavo was definitely um, pumping Bailey's tires a bit and then saying like how he's, he's got to get him down for uh, Lucha Underground and um, certainly left a good impression on Chavo anyway. And, um, probably served him well to, to, you know, work against Chavo. And, uh, um, you know, I was saying before, it's always a good thing to maintain good connections. And uh, uh, certainly a guy like Chavo is not a bad friend to have on your side. And uh, the one time that I got to, uh, to interact with Chavo, uh, I'm not surprised at all that he would uh, put over Mike Bailey, not just because, you know, Mike Bailey is worth being put over, but uh, Chavo uh, took notice like when people were warming up or people were just, you know, trying some things or just rolling around in the ring. He, you could see him like, you know, watching and like when he'd be talking with someone, you could see him kind of watching what was going on in the ring um, because he was into that. He was, he liked looking at the young talent and uh, you know, seeing, seeing what they were up to. Um, so are we done or are we going to move on here? Well, we knocked off two, three, four, five, and six. Not too bad, right? Um, yeah. 
we we would have uh, seven, eight, and nine left to go through next week. So um, yeah, we'll save it for that. And I guess we can we can let people know too. We uh, you know uh, Mark from from C four. Uh, we talked about getting him on to promote uh, fighting back, but you know, this year with fighting back, obviously uh, it's going to be a bit of a different show. Um, Mark's decided to, to leave the card, the rest of the card, other than Garcia and Bailey, a, a surprise for now. So um, on his end, there's really not much to promote, right? Like the show is sold out. He's, <laughs> he's done his job. Um it's a so he doesn't show. want to come on here and listen to me go like, come on. No, come no. On. So, so what it is, is, um, <laughs> You know, I'm not going to reveal uh, anything Mark doesn't want me to reveal yet, but there's plans for a C4 return, like a proper C4 return, right? So um, when that's announced uh, officially uh, at that point in time, Mark's going to join us on the podcast. But, um, you know, the, the real reason I wanted someone on next week was not only to talk about Fighting Back 10, but um, to share some stories about Frank, right? Uh, there's there's a good chance there's a considerable amount of people listening to us um, who may have only been following the Ottawa indie wrestling scene for the last, let's say, you know, five years, they would have not had the privilege to, to watch Frank. And uh, you know, we've talked about him a few times, but um, you know, next week we're going to have someone on who, um, who knows him quite well or knew him quite well and uh, was a big part of his wrestling career and uh, has a ton of stories to, to share about Frank. So uh, we'll, we'll save the, the name as a surprise, but uh, you can rest assured the stories will be entertaining and, and hilarious at the same time because uh, this person is uh, one heck of a good storyteller. 